Very good morning to you this morning and welcome to the Sunday morning church service. Happy Mother's Day to all our mothers. I'm going to be preaching on what is a mother? What is a mother? Now, perhaps you think this is a really stupid question to ask because everybody knows what a mother is. Mother is someone who has a child. However, I want to approach this from a slightly different angle. It is obvious that there are a multitude of answers to this question. We could start out by saying that God answered all of them when, upon the creation of a single man, he said this for the first time in Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 to 24. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I want you to notice that. It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to the beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found an help meet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh in jesus holy name amen since so many people today tell us to follow the science you've heard them say that they themselves don't follow the science but they tell us just follow the science well, I followed the science, and a little boy can't decide that he's a little girl. That's science. Every cell in his body already has in it the chromosomes that indicate whether he's a male or a female, and you can't change that. You can't, no transfusion of, of blood, no amount of medicine, no amount of surgery can ever change. Not even if you want to be governor of California, can ever change what you are from the very womb in which your mother bore you. God had already set it out. I never had to wonder what sex was going to go on the birth certificates of any of my children. I looked at them and I said, oh, it's a girl or, oh, that's a boy. It was very easy to determine. Amen. And 
there is no way that scientifically you can actually change that. No amount of hormone therapy, and they're talking about giving hormone therapy and so forth to children as young as two years of age. Excuse me. When did we ever become a society that we thought we could overrule God, who already determined things? I'm sure that with some people today that may watch this, they may not be happy with what I'm saying. But it's not your choice. The sex that you were given before you were born, when you were conceived, all the way back to when you were just nothing more than one cell, was already predetermined by someone else, not by you. Since so many people tell us to follow the science, then the first thing I'm going to consider is the science. Since those who tell us follow the science don't usually end up following the science themselves. Matthew chapter 19. Matthew 19. I'm going to begin at verse 3 and read through verse 10. The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? Now I want you to notice the real question was, I don't like the coffee that she made me this morning. I'm going to divorce her. Every cause, it says. Every cause, no. Um, and he answered and said unto them, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, notice that, he that made them at the beginning. How did he make everybody at the beginning? Male and female. I, I know that today... Some of these same people that say follow the science put like 25 different sexes that a person could be. Excuse me. There were only two. And there will forever only be two, male and female. Amen? Amen. And said, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore, they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. They say unto him, why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and put her away? He saith unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffered you to put away your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. And I say unto you, whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committeth adultery, and whoso marrieth her which is put away, doth commit adultery. 
his disciples say unto him, and the if the case of the man be so with his wife, it is not good to marry. Oh yeah? Then why did God say it's not good for a man to be alone? Amen? Which is it? Is it not good to marry or is it good to be alone? Um, that was a decision that God made. And he made it in the beginning. Jesus refers to in the beginning. Now, I just like to say, even if you erroneously believe in evolution, and certainly the Bible doesn't teach evolution in any way, shape, or form, but even if you erroneously believe in evolution, can I point out to you the fact that if some monkey someday had an offspring that was a little boy, and there was another little boy that evolved, would we have a human race? The answer is no. It took a male and a female. Amen? We can't have a human race. That's science. When they say follow the science, two men cannot produce anything except AIDS. Okay? Two women cannot produce a child. You have to have a man and a woman. That is scientific, folks. And there's no way to have science say that you could have children any other way. There is all the, with all the perversions that we have, when they tell us follow the science, I follow the science. And I know that for me to have had four children, there had to be a wife. Okay? That's science. So the scientific fact, cannot have a human race without mothers. And God knew the science when he formed man. In Genesis 2.18, it says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. Just like God made all the animals, male and female, man needed a wife. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called the, every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names uh, to all the cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found and help meet for him. There was nothing appropriate for Adam. He could name cow and bull. 
He could name horse and mare. He could name the dogs and so forth. But when it came to Adam, he knew that none of these were in the likeness that he bore. God had to convince Adam that he needed a wife. God had a scientific reason for creating man. Look back one chapter, Genesis chapter 1. And I'll begin at verse 25. Genesis 1.25. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind. You notice that you can't have a half dog and half cow. Okay, that doesn't work. Amen? You can't cross a tomato and a chicken. <laughs> Everything reproduces after his kind. And the cattle after their kind. And everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. God looked at all that and he said, it's good. Do you realize that the very first time that God said something wasn't good? Was when he created man all by himself. God said, it's not good. That was the very first time in six days of creation. That was the first time that God said something wasn't good. Every other day he ended by saying, and it was good. And God said, let us make man after, excuse me, in our image, after our likeness. And let them have dominion. Notice that. Let them, not him. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed. Um which is upon the face of the earth and every tree in which is the fruit of the tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat. And to every beast of the earth and to every fowl of the air and to everything that creepeth upon the earth wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made. Man, male and female. And behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. God said that the purpose for which man was created was to procreate. His purpose was to fill the earth. The image of God that was placed in man was to be reproduced 
and be spread around the whole world. God said, that's why I've created man. And I created man for that reason in my image, male and female. Without women, scientifically, we could not have any kind of a reproduction of the human race. If God had left it Adam alone, perhaps Adam would have never been tempted, perhaps Adam would have never sinned, but also we wouldn't have a human race. God made everything perfectly. I've been going through in the class on theology, um, what we call the teleological argument, that everything that God made, he made it perfectly. God did not make man to be any of the different letters that people call themselves now. We're either male or female. And God knew that man needed females. Cannot have a balance in the ecology without mothers. Do you realize all these ecologists, they say, don't drive your car, follow the science, we're destroying the planet. Well, in all my life, they haven't destroyed it yet. Um, and I don't anticipate that that will ever happen because God has already promised what's going to happen. Okay? Um, the ecology. Well, the ecology happens to include human beings. We're a part of the nature of this world. Amen? Amen. In fact, we were given to be the ones that govern this world. Without women, there would be an imbalance in the ecology. Now, let me just say it very clearly. We have survived thousands of years without dinosaurs. Amen? And quite frankly, I'm glad at least that the flesh-eating dinosaurs are gone. Okay? It's bad enough that we have flesh-eating bacteria. So we don't get attacked by these huge animals. We get attacked by these little teeny ones. Um, but a part of that ecology that we can't say is we can do away with is human life. Because God put human life men and women in charge of the planet. He said, I want you to be lords. Subdue it, it says, which literally is to lord over it, to subdue the earth and all the animals and the fish of the sea and the birds of the air. Man was given a responsibility, which means that for the ecology to operate properly, we have to have women who can have children. Scientifically, 
There has to be a woman. There has to be a mother. Secondly, there's the sociological fact. Not just the scientific fact that you have to have a mother. There's a sociological aspect. You cannot have society without mothers. That's impossible. Not only could we not have a human race without mothers, that was the scientific fact, but we couldn't have a society without mothers either. That is a sociological fact. Ecclesiastes Solomon brings that up in Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 4 to 10. Ecclesiastes 4, verses 4 to 10. Again, I considered all the travail and every right work that for this a man is envied of his neighbor. This is also vanity and vexation of spirit. The fool foldeth his hands together and eateth his own flesh. Eats up his own substance. Better is an handful with quietness than both the hands full with travail and vexation of spirit. Then I returned and I saw vanity under the sun. There is one alone, okay? One alone. No wife. And there is not a second. Yea, he hath neither child nor brother. What's the end result of not having a wife? You have no child. You have nobody in life. Yet is there no end of all his labor. Neither is his eye satisfied with riches. Neither saith he, for whom do I labor and bereave my soul of good? This is also vanity, yea, it is sore travail. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. You know something? It was far better to labor knowing that I was supporting my wife and my children. Far better. When I was just Taking care of myself, I had very low motivation. But there was a motivation for doing something when I had a wife. And then later, had a child. And then two, and then three, then four. That gave me a motive to live. Do you understand that? They have good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. 
motive. That's sociological. Society needs mothers. Oh, I know they say in the state of California, two men could raise a child just as well as a man and a woman. Two women can raise a child just as well as a man and a woman. Excuse me. That's a lie. It's so much of a lie that God even said for the widow, I will be a father to the orphan and a husband to the widow. Do you realize that? God put himself in there to supply the needs. But two men do not do the same job as a man and a woman. They don't. I've had homosexuals that talk with me and have said things to me like, I prefer to be with other men because I don't understand women. Well, neither did I when I got married. Okay. Um, and I very seriously doubt that my wife understood me and maybe doesn't yet today. Okay. But let me tell you something. That isn't why God created man, men and women. He did so because we need each other. Not because we understand each other. She has a part of the image of God that God didn't put in me. And I have a part of the image of God that God didn't put in her. And for our children to have the complete image of God, they need mom and dad, not two dads, not two moms, not two dads and a mom, not two moms and a dad. No, they need an intact family like the one that God created in the Garden of Eden. Jesus put it such, in the beginning, it was not so. Okay? The things that we're trying today have been tried before, and they always failed. Time to go back to what really made America great was when we put God first in everything. Society breaks down utterly when you when you do what we have been doing today we've unwoven the fabric of society and then we try to blame it on each other no the fault is ours we're the ones that have done this we need to go back to what god says in Romans chapter 1, Romans chapter 1, who changed, verse 25 says, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. 
For this cause, God gave them up to vile affections. God gave them up to vile affections when they worshiped the creature more than the creator. For even their women did change the natural use. This is not just, folks, a sin according to the Bible. It's a sin in nature itself. It's a sin against the nature of the way that God has made us. Did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, they don't want to remember that there's a God. They say follow the science when they're not following it. Clearly, Paul followed the science here. He says, when they didn't want to retain God in their knowledge, that's what we call atheism. They just say, yeah, there's no God. God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness. Do you want to know where we're going as a society? Read through verse 32. Because God very clearly lays out where as a society we're headed. We turned away from a God that loves us. A God who actually provided what was best for us. And our society has been in an irreversible tailspin ever since. Nobody could look at the science or look at the sociology and think that we're on the right course. This is a course that's taking us down to hell. Mothers lead society in righteousness. They actually are the ones that set the course. I'm not going to take the time today to read Proverbs 31. I have it in my notes. But Proverbs 31, Solomon sets out how his mother was the one, that was Bathsheba, and she called him Lemuel, okay? His father called him Shalome, peace. But his mother called him Lemuel. And he goes through what his mother taught him. Now, folks, every one of us have learned something from our mothers. Amen? Amen. I would not be the man that I am today if it weren't, as I already said, for the two most important women in my life, my mother and my wife. Both of them have guided my life. My mother was the first one to do that. And almost every important thing that I ever learned in life um, 
I learned as a child before I ever went to school. My mother's the one that would make sure that I was dressed appropriately and take me to synagogue and teach me that there is a God and that we need to obey him above all things. And constantly reminded me that God created me and I better do what he tells me to do. The place of a mother. Solomon recognized how Bathsheba had done that in his life. Let me move past the scientific and the sociological. There's a bibliological and theological fact. God intended from the very beginning for children to have the complete image of God in a father and a mother. We need godly mothers. You fulfill a role that no one else is equipped to, to fulfill. The state of California can't fulfill it. Two men can't fulfill it. Two women can't fulfill it. You fulfill a role that no one else can fulfill. Your role in life is God-given. Man was created for God's pleasure and purpose. Not for man's pleasure and purpose. You know, when they have those books, purpose-driven life, excuse me, forget that. It's not your purpose, it's God's purpose. What did God create mothers for? Oh, we have to go back again to Genesis 1. I'm not going to reread the passage. But God made the family so that we could raise children. That was his purpose. Children need a mother. And let me tell you something. A mother isn't your best friend. Forget that idea. A mother is the one who's supposed to be giving that child the counsel that God has planted deep within her soul. That's your purpose in life. To make sure that the next generation has the same honor and praise and glory toward a God in heaven that you were expected to have. How I wish that I could give my mother a phone call today. Just tell her, Mom, I love you. I miss you. You were a tremendous mother to me. Because God planted in my mother's soul a desire to make sure that her child 
was also in the image of God. How much we need mothers today, bibliologically, theologically. God created a humanity that was able to perpetuate itself, but was supposed to be passing on the image of God when we did. Well, we destroyed that image. And now we find ourselves in the grips of terrible problems. God's plan from the very beginning included mothers. Take a look at Isaiah chapter 44. Isaiah 44. Sing, O ye heavens, verse 23 says, Sing, O ye heavens, for the Lord hath done it. Shout, ye lower parts of the earth. Break forth into singing, ye mountains, O forest, and every tree therein. For the Lord hath redeemed Jacob and glorified himself in Israel. Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, and he that formed thee from the womb. Notice that. When you were nothing more than one cell, God already determined whether you were going to be a male or a female. Amen? Amen. That's science. That's sociology. That's also theology. He made everything perfectly. I know people that say... But there are 52% women and only 48%, actually, it's almost 49% men and 41 and some odd percent women, okay? Yeah? Sounds pretty good to me. How about you? Um, God created enough of both so that every man could have a wife and every wife a woman. Uh, a man. Now, let me go back just one step here. God formed us in the womb. He made us what he wanted us to be in the womb. How does it work when a government enforces abortion, like the one-child uh, law in China. How does that work? Well, you know what the parents said? If I can only have one child, and now that we can look inside the womb and tell that this one's going to be a girl, I don't want a girl, because when I get old, I want to have a son who can take care of me in my old age. So let's kill this one and wait and have a son. Okay. So now in China, and they've tried to do away with this law now, because what were the results? They had all these boys who grew up and could find no one to marry. 
And the thing that motivated the Chinese government to undo that law was that they had all these young men committing suicide. There was no hope for them of ever finding a wife. <clears throat> wow. Who would have thunk it? Yeah, God thought it. I'm the one that creates in the womb. You were made what you were made in the womb of your mother. I'm so thankful that she couldn't have an abortion back in 1946, back in 1945 when I was conceived. I'm glad that abortion wasn't legal. I'm glad that my mother actually wanted me and that she kept me. Yeah. God created me in my mother's womb. God has a purpose. That's bibliological. That's theological. And God created every single one of us today in our mother's wombs. That's why creation is a part of the word procreation. When society begins to fight with God, who wins in the end? Who is it that's going to win? I don't think that our society can ever beat God. When you take a look at the things that are going on today, it's like living the last verses of Romans chapter 1. Seeing all the terrible things that are happening. But God has absolute rights to make us the way that he sees fit. Romans chapter 9. Romans 9. Verses 20 and 21. Here's a question for all those who would like not just male and female, but 26 different varieties of what you could add after that. Here's a question. Romans 9, 20 and 21. Nay, but O oh man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Hath not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? <clears throat> Who wins when we fight against God? It's obvious. Scientifically, we're not winning. Sociologically, we're not winning. Biblically, we're not winning. All the perverseness burning down our cities, riots. I, 
As I said, it sounds like the end of Romans chapter 1 to me. Hatred. Murder rates up over 200% more than last year. And last year was terrible. Where do we finally say, oh God, I want to be back out of this nightmare. I went to bed one night and I knew what a mother and a father was. And I woke up. And yeah, I'm woke. And society had become uncivilized. Science had become unscientific. And those that wanted to follow this as a religion were certainly untheological. Father, I pray now that you would use your word deeply within our hearts and lives. Challenge us today to listen to your word and to do it. And Lord, give a special blessing today to each and every one of our mothers. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.